Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely role players, where theatrical people play role playing games. I'm Matt Boothman, and I'm your compare for this main house production. Here on Merely Role Players, we improvise stories for your entertainment and ours, and we use role playing games to keep the story going places even we can't see coming. Because as theatrical people, we're all about maximising the drama. This episode is part of our current main house production, Vigil Tourist Trap. In this production, we're playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat. So please take your seats in the main house. Tonight's production is about to begin. Vigil a Merely Role Players main house production. Tourist Trap, Act 4 of 5. I'm Helen Stratton and I play Melody, the Constructed. She owns Sherry Down's Cafe Come record shop and knows how to handle a tough customer. She's got a heart of gold, which just so happens to be secondhand. I'm Chris Buxy and I play Calisterius Softbinding, the expert. Calisterius, or Cal to his friends, is a noted horror writer living in Cherrydale. While researching his latest novel, he discovered that monsters were real. He also discovered that fighting monsters is an excellent way to procrastinate when he really should be writing. My name's Chris McLennan and I'm playing Ed Kincaid, the professional. He's a disgraced MI5 agent who's been kicked down to a basement to investigate reports of ghosts and little green men and other things that definitely don't exist. He just wants to file his report and go home. I'm Ellen, and I play Jess Butterworth, the spooky. Jess is a Sheridan local born and bred. A voice in the back of her mind keeps telling her she's bigger and better than this town. It's about time Jess showed Sheridan how badly it's underestimated her. It's a gingerbread house, basically. Um, this is bait to devour the unwary. The organism that's been coating the inside of this food truck shell bursts out through the door and turns inside out as it comes. All of what was inside the food truck is now the outside of its shell. This horrible thing was just like, what, an offshoot? What on earth is the mum like? And if it is in town, I bet it's in that shop that that keyring came from and that my dad visited. I'll be going back to all those shops in the morning to give them a piece of my mind, I'll tell you that. Jess, what did your dad buy from the shop? You could probably check in with your family. just about last orders as the Morris pulls into the car park of the Duck and Parsnip. And I want to check in with Kincaid, the the man in the driving seat right now. How 
much effort is Kincaid putting into holding the image in his head of the strange creature that you all saw emerging from the food truck? I think when he sees stuff like this, he's pretty focused on dealing with it, even if he's not that focused on like processing it. It's like, right, we'll we'll get we'll get this we'll get this done. And so I think feel like he he forgets after the whole ordeal is through. Yeah, some sort of professional instinct kicks in that says I should be focusing on this, hold it in my short term memory. And so uh, for the moment, although the details of what he's seen are starting to get a little swimmy and you know it was amorphous to some extent anyway i think he just starts to sort of justify it in any way he can with something that isn't that weird and it sort of starts creeping from the back of his mind then once he's had some time away from the whole thing yeah he just rewrites it and the thing that does not fade from kincaid's mind is the mission and the mission right now is see if anything untoward is going on at the pub so what do you both do i think i'm going to leap out of the car immediately like scrumpy as i am with them i love my mum and dad and i stride up to the to the front door kincaid will head round to the he'll, he'll follow more slowly first but i think that's answered what his first question would be which is like does this look and feel like it should at this hour if jess has just gone straight in He's going to get the, the shotgun out of the boot and approach the door more tentatively. So let's follow Jess as she heads into the pub first. You sort of bump shoulders with a regular leaving as you, as you head in. When you enter, uh, there are no patrons left, no punters. Just your mum, Liz, mopping the bar uh, and starting, to, starting the process of closing the pub up. Mum? Oh, Jess, where have you been? Are you all right? I am bone tired from doing the the the, the evening rush by myself. Thanks by for yourself? asking. Where's Dad? He's still in the back, still trying to sort out all of this whole situation. But but you you're okay, right? No, um, nothing's nothing's gone different. You're all right. It the uh yeah. Yeah, I'm... Thank you, yes, it's... Thank you for asking, yes, I'm alright. By this point, she's already gone past into the back room. I think Ed will come in, see that sort of moment, and just pop the shotgun in the little umbrella stand by the door. Because <laughs> that's more difficult to conceal. So what's what's through the door behind the bar? I think there's a little corridor, one way goes to the kitchen, and then the other way is a sort of quite cramped office space with a, a battered old sofa and a computer filing cabinets and piles of paper everywhere so i can bust a door open in there yeah and you find your dad in there looking hunched and drained and tired staring at the the landline which is is hung up now it looks like he's sort of been on it all evening and is now just can't really focus on anything else hi dad um How's it going? Uh, no, no progress. Everybody's closed. I'll have to, I'll have to pick it up again in the morning, I suppose. Right. So, uh, all your bank stuff still, still the same, not there. Yeah. 
no movement in that situation. Right, but like, nothing else has happened, right? Like, you've had a normal evening? To be honest, a bomb could have dropped outside this room and I might not have noticed. Right, okay, look, Dad, I'm going to have to ask you something and it's going to be a bit weird, but you just have to answer me, all right? Like, you know you said you went to that that souvenir shop, the new one that's popped up on the high street, oh, right? Yeah, the, the one next door to Melody's, yeah. You you used your card in there? Y- yeah, I've got a feeling that's the, that's the root of some of this. I'm going to be marching down there and having a word with them in the morning. <laughs> yeah, maybe... Um, Wait a minute, just leave it for a bit. Let um maybe the police will do something about it. Like don't go straight there yourself tomorrow. Like you've got more to deal with. <laughs> um what I do need to ask you, Dad, is like did you buy anything? What did you buy? Oh yeah, I, I, I thought I'd better buy something. It's a new new thing on the high street. We we've got too many too many empty uh empty units on that high street. Wanna keep the new places going. So yeah, I bought a little thing. Um yeah. it's around here somewhere on the desk by the computer is a little figurine of the uh, the chalk figure which lots of people come through Sheridan on their way to go and see. It's like a big tourist attraction in the next town over. And it's not a key ring, it's just a little like desk ornament. I think I'm going to try and stop him touching it, but he already, he's already picked it up. And Ed the like because you said uh, Liz was cleaning. Can you just check the stickiness and sponginess of an area that's definitely been cleaned, please? Yes. Hard to tell in a, hard to tell in a pub after a night. <laughs> where, 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 is this the right kind of spongy and sticky? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, you can surreptitiously feel a, a cleaned area of the bar, and it feels like wood. It feels like varnished wood. I'm going to put my hands out really like tentatively like, okay, dad, look, can I just, can I just take that? I mean, I mean, why on earth did you buy it in the first place for God's sake? But can I just take that away from you just for a second, please? Can you roll plus charm? Oh, no. Ooh, that's six plus zero. (laughs) Six. Mark experience. Okay. I think I'll spend some luck. Ooh, awesome. So you still get to mark potential because you still rolled the fail, but we've now turned it into a 12. Oh, yeah. And your dark side's needs are going to get nastier. Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. He looks like he's going to argue, but luckily he's just too exhausted to to make a scene about this. This seems too small to him to make an argument over. Yeah, I suppose I, I, I... only bought it as something to buy. I didn't really want it anyway. Here, have it. So I kind of catch it very tentatively, almost like it's a bomb that might go off, and tuck it into my pocket. Look, Dad, I think you and Mum just go to bed, get a good night's sleep, and I'm sure that come morning, this will all be sorted out by by professional people at the banks and by the police. Um, so don't you worry about it. I bloody hope so. And it's it's nice to see a bit of optimism from you for once, Jess. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I'm I'm trying my hardest. That's, that's good. I'm sorry I shouted at you early, earlier. Oh, I mean, that's all right. But, like, I just yeah. uh, Sometimes I just don't feel like we're on the same side. 
course we're on the same side. That's stupid. Maybe it is. I'm a stupid old man. No, I mean, well, sometimes, but I'll shut up. <laughs> let's, um, let's help your mother clear up in the other room. Yeah, all right. Come on, then. So he goes through to the bar to start helping cash out and clean up and do all of the other stuff that you do at the end of the day in a pub. I think Kate sort of looks sort of expectantly in the hope that you have found the thing, the seed. Uh, I think I'm going to sort of like head tilt eyebrow to a corner of the pub. Come over here. Follow suit. Right. So my dad bought this tacky souvenir from town over. But, I mean, it's not sprouted, I don't think, or whatever it does. And I pull it out of my pocket and offer it to you. Maybe it's just a matter of time. I think I should take it out of here. Where are you going to take it? I don't know, but it doesn't seem like it should stay here with you and your family. Yeah, that's true. Get it far away from this pub, right? Can do. All right, then. We'll go and deal with this thing later or in the morning. Hopefully the rest of them will have found something. Kincaid, do you think... Do you think my parents are safe, then, if we get rid of this thing? I don't know. And he discreetly gets a shotgun out of the umbrella stand. <laughs> I'll catch in a bit and just leave the pub. And I'm going to sort of wave goodbye to the parents and not give them a chance to ask where I'm going. All right. Bye, Mum. Bye, Dad. See you tomorrow. All right. And I'm already... uh, stay safe. You too. It's the next morning, just before kind of normal high street opening times. The sun is gleaming off the cobbles of Market Street as shops are starting to raise their shutters and people are starting to emerge from the fog of the night before. What's going on in Melodies? I think the cafe's not actually open. It's just the four of us around a table with a little ornament sat in the middle <laughs> oh well this is uh well done for getting this before it, it did anything to the pub jess uh yep. and i sort of poke it with a, a bit of cutlery uh from the cafe i like to swat your hand away <laughs> <laughs> why didn't it though well it's uh one of the things we found out we found out quite a lot about these creatures and uh they prefer to sort of um to nest, uh, to grow in places that are empty. So, you know, maybe because your parents' pub was already occupied with your parents, uh, it, it didn't take root there. But, you know, the important thing is that it didn't. Uh, well, I mean, if we want to put it somewhere safe, I do have certain uh, areas that are good for containing magical threats where I could put this and nobody would ever see it or hear of it again. Yep, I think that's a good call. I agree. Like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, yes, I'll <laughs> top men will look at it, and by top men, I mean me. <laughs> well, that sounds better than what Kincaid said, which he was going to put it somewhere. Uh, it's going to be just going to, you know, fling it in a in a lake and be done. <laughs> <laughs> so we're both going to put it somewhere. It depends on what sort of uh, somewhere we think is best, either 
you know, an impenetrable magical dungeon from which there is no escape, or uh, the town lake. So I think the former, please. Okay, uh, that's fine. We can take it there later. Um, I guess we'll... Ah, I suppose we shouldn't leave it here. Um, okay, well, we, we better take it with us so it doesn't get lost, but um, right now... it back up on the blanket and shove it across the table towards Calico. If we wind up fighting a giant magical dungeon crab, I'm going to be livid. <laughs> well, at this point, I make no promises. Um, so I take the small keyring and put it somewhere safe uh, about my person. And, uh, okay, so now I think we need to come up with a plan to get the mother out of, uh, the mother creature, whatever it is, out of the shop, out of the gift shop where it's taken up residence. At least we know that the banishing magic I did yesterday uh, works, so I could do that again, albeit on a larger scale. I am a bit more prepared this time. I've learnt a few lessons. I'll need a few more sharpies to draw around a shop. Um, I'm just wondering if maybe we can... Uh, I'm not sure, is there a, a back entrance to the shop? I think we should probably draw it out of there rather than you know, if, if anything comes out, I don't think we want anything like this running around the high street, even if it is early in the morning. What makes you think it's going to come out of a door? That truck just sort of turned in on itself. Mm. You're right, that is a very good point. Well, wherever it comes out then, perhaps if we stand around whichever side there is of the building um, that's, you know, the least visible, the least accessible, that if it does come out, hopefully it will sort of... Well, I can't believe I'm saying this, but hopefully it'll be angry and it'll come towards us and then we can deal with it without it rampaging down the high street. Um, which... Hang on a second. Yeah. I just... We we killed that creature, right? But And I start rummaging in my little satchel bag. Did it actually do anything? Like, has it changed anything? And I open up my, my device and I'm, I'm trying to see whether anything that was wiped from it the day before has come back now we've killed that creature. My instinct is no, I'm afraid. Because it, oh, no. it ate that stuff to sustain itself and to grow and to spore, and it did that. So I think it's consumed it. No! It's going to be a massive hassle and a massive inconvenience, but it's like, it's not anything that you can't recreate, if that right. makes sense. What it's going to require is a lot of, like trying to get face to face with people instead of going through like email or Aww. online support oh, because nice. the online support is not going to recognize you whereas like if you go into the bank that you've been banking with since you were a child the people in there are going to recognize your face and be like oh yes Jess we recognize you mm -hmm. this must be our problem we'll sort it for you right whereas yeah people on a on a phone line will be like a computer says no Okay. So, yeah, sorry. Tablet's still right. wiped. Right, well, this is still empty, so oh. it's just going to keep eating. It's not going to return it even when we kill it, so it's just going to keep eating and eating until it, I don't know, explodes. <laughs> That's probably the better scenario. If I'm going to report this back to my agency, and I am going to have to report this back to the agency, they're not going to be jazzed if we kill the thing so i think we kind of need to be making a move to lure it somewhere well i tell you what though if it's if it's it or us then i am i am killing that horrible mother crab thing 
Oh, me too. I mean, it's not my policy, but, you know, it is my ass on the line. Yeah, there's there's always definitely something to be said for capturing and studying these sort of creatures. Um, but and again, I I do have somewhere secure where we could put this sort of thing. But uh, I don't know if if I'm particularly equipped to capture it, subdue it, and, and get it there. I don't know if any of you are. Um, I mean, I can probably, well, I say probably, I can try and get some serious support if they think there is actually a specimen to be captured. Can't make any promises, but I can see what I can wrap up. How long will that take? I'm not sure we should let this uh, shop stay open for another hour, let alone another couple of days. Well, it's worth the call, isn't it? You don't have to keep it in your magical dungeon forever. <laughs> yes, I suppose that's true. Well, I say, make the call... And if they turn up in time, then they can have the thing. But if they don't, then we are we are squishing it. Sheridan is twinned with Waterdeep, city of splendors. Right now in Waterdeep, the great game is afoot. Plan your trip to this bustling metropolis now, and you could be in with a chance to grab the biggest hoard of gold ever gathered in all the realms. Sheridan Town Council does not recommend planning an actual trip to bustling Waterdeep during the Great Game. The Great Game has a high mortality rate, and anyone visiting Waterdeep during this season does so at their own risk. As a, a, um, a safe alternative, the Council recommends becoming a patron of our town's favourite Great Game contestants, the Waterdeep Mole Rats. Your support could mean everything to these plucky heroes of the Dock Ward. Literally, your influence could mean the difference between rescue and betrayal, between a daring heist succeeding or failing, between the Mallrats winning the prize, or losing everything. Enjoy the beautiful but dangerous City of Waterdeep from a safe distance, Mondays at 7pm UTC plus 1 on twitch.tv slash sabotage the DM. Hello everyone and welcome to the Waterdeep Mall Rats Dragon Heist podcast. And as she's like crossing over, she's like pulling out an empty jar, just like, yes, I want you. <laughs> I want to study you so hard. This audio is taken directly from our live stream, which you can see on twitch.tv forward slash sabotage the DM on Mondays at 7pm in the UK or 11am Pacific Standard Time. You know what we used to do when we were fighting and we were scared? We used to smoke. Here you go. Out of that taste. Our adventure will be played by a cast of immersive actors. Dan Berman, Pups the Goblin Monk. Gabrielle McPherson, Oshi Sota, the Yuanti Pureblood Rogue. Rob Thompson, Big Fatch, the Warforged Barbarian. And Evie James, Baggy, the Half-Orc Artificer. She's going to try and steal it all off the table as much as she can get. And then run. <laughs> Okay, towards Ship Street. Ready? <laughs> oh, she's pissed. We will join our adventurers as they move from their homes on Black Star Lane in the Dock Ward and attempt to climb into the higher echelons of Waterdeep society to join what is known as the Great Game or the Neverember Enigma. In search of hundreds of thousands of stolen gold coins hidden somewhere in the city. Oh, I don't know. Why, what is it with pups and shit, man? <laughs> 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 All right, lovies, 
It's me, Matt, your compere, recommending that you don't go far. Just got a short interval for you this time. Natalie Winter, who last appeared as Gwyneth in Vigil Cold Snap, was a guest on Talk Together at the weekend. Talk Together being an interview show on the Roll Together Twitch channel. In the interview, Nat talks out of character about merely roleplayers and her other experiences with roleplaying games, including streamed Dungeons & Dragons campaigns with Roll Together. If you missed it on Saturday, you can still watch Nat's interview back at twitch.tv slash RollTogetherRPG, and it should also be going up soon on Roll Together's YouTube channel. Check the program notes for links to both places. First, though, please take your seats once again in the main house as we return to Vigil, Tourist Trap, Act 4 of 5. Make the call, and if they turn up in time, then they can have the thing. But if they don't, then we are we are squishing it. I can get on board with the squishing. Should we not try and get it in the magical dungeon rather than squishing well, it? I, I tell you what, let's um, let's try and at least banish it from the shop first, and then we'll see exactly how it appears, how angry it is, how easy it is to capture, and we could decide between squish or subdue. Uh, on the day, and uh, the day is today. Step one, release rampant crab monster. Step two, decide. <laughs> Are you team squish or team capture? <laughs> I, I just worry about how we are going to actually capture it. Uh, well, let's see, shall we? Uh, Melody, what do you think? I think we, um, we should try and capture it. And um, Thank you. I think... If we can keep it in the library, then at least we've got analog data there that it that we could feed it from. And... Uh, well, well, hold on a second. The, oh. None of these books were cheap or easy to acquire. I'm not just going to drop books in there. Not your books from the other part of the library. Oh, oh okay, yeah, that's fine then. Yeah. You're fine. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so for a second there, I thought you were uh, threatening my precious books. Um, okay, I mean, yes, I've got no problem with putting it in the dungeon. That's a given. That's, you know, this is exactly what it was designed for. I, I'm just not sure how we get it from rampaging around the high street to subdued and in the back of Kincaid's car. Wait a second. You said if it thinks its position is threatened by someone whose information it has, that it might attack right proactive yeah well it's got jess's information oh right thanks uh, are you suggesting we use jess as bait brilliant i mean i'd have found a more you know delicate way of putting it but yeah sort of okay so use jess to persuade it to come out uh, okay how do you feel about that jess oh <sighs> All right. I mean, what do you want me to do? Stand on the high street with a megaphone and say this shop is a horrible, spongy, tofu crab thing that's eating your life? I was I was genuinely considering a sort of Blues Brothers megaphone on top of the castle. <laughs> <laughs> actually, as, uh, as outlandish as that sounds, that might actually be the basis of quite a good plan. If, if we do that simultaneously with my banishing ritual, then not only will we... Well, give it no choice but to leave the shop, but we'll give it somewhere, you know, somewhere to go, someone to follow. 
Oh, we lure yeah. it to the dungeon. It chases us in there. You shut whatever hocus pocus door you have on that thing. Right. Yeah, I think uh, I think we have a plan. Oh, the only flaw in the plan is I'm going to have to issue this monster with a library card so it can get into the warded dungeon. Oh my god. Uh, that's okay. I can do that. That's not a, not a problem. Do you need to do that now? Yep, I will do that now. I always carry some spares. Hopefully a pig crab. Yeah. <laughs> as this conversation is happening, and as you're, you're putting together this plan, uh, Jess, Kit is lounging at another table, feet up on the table. Mate, I think I've got a better plan. Rather than yelling at it down the street, it's nearly big enough. It wants a it wants a new place, right? It wants somewhere bigger and better where it can find more prey. If you offered it somewhere, then maybe you could make some sort of bargain with it. I bet it's got things we'd want. It's sucked up so much data from so many people. I bet it knows things. What do you reckon? And in my head I say, Oh my god, you're so right. Like, oh my god, Cal. He'd be head over heels with all the information it sucked up. I bet there's some really useful stuff for what we're doing. You and I together, we could, we could reach out to it. We could talk. You wouldn't even need a megaphone. You just need me. All right, look. I'm not going to tell them that's what I'm going to do. No, though. no, no. They don't need to know. Okay, so I'll, I'll get the megaphone and I'll, I'll stand in the street, but, but then we'll do, we'll do our thing, yeah? Yeah. I'm up for it if you are. I am. Let's do it. And Kit winks out of the scene. She's doing that rolling thing again. I was just, um, you know, preparing myself, right? You know, you want me to be bait? Like, you've got to give me a second. Uh, that's mm. fair enough. There is a commotion outside Melody's. Uh, you can hear a raised voice and you can hear the sound of a fist pounding on a glass door. What's that? Um, sounds like it might be our cue. So I'm going to step out of the front of the cafe and look, and I assume what I'm going to see is Will banging on the glass of the souvenir shop. In fact, what you see is Charlie Barlow banging on the glass of the souvenir shop. Okay. Backed up by Mildred at his shoulder. <laughs> and he's yelling, Open up! Open up, you swindlers! Uh, good, good morning, you two. Um, so, you've met... It looks like there's, there might be something strange going with the souvenir shop and their, and their naughty cash machines, etc. Um, I'm not sure that this is the best way of handling it, though. I think maybe you should both uh, maybe step aside, go and have a sit down somewhere and let, you know, let me speak to them business person to business person. If only one of us going some sort of cafe where people could sort of just have a sit down and then chill out. Exactly. Roll plus charm. Me? Yep. Oh, and you're at a minus one because uh -huh. of inhuman. What's my charm? Minus one. Cool, so minus two overall. Okay, so how high can the dice go? <laughs> okay, <laughs> I know how high the dice can go. I got eight. Minus two? Six. 
So, mark experience. Yay! Charlie says, No, I'm at my wit's end. I'm sick of people telling me to calm down. I'm going to go and take... I'm going to do something about this. And as he says that, the door swings open for him. And you hear from inside the souvenir shop, which does it has no sign over the glass windows and doors. The front windows are just full of shelves of these little keyrings and figurines. Some of them are generic UK souvenirs, and some of them are like nearby sites, like the ruined abbey, snow globes, all those sorts of things. The door swings open, and Melody, you can hear faintly from inside. Would you like to complain to the manager? And Charlie says, damn right I do, and steps inside. And then I'm going to spin round, I'm going to grab Mildred by the shoulders and be like, let's do this one at a time, shall we? And try to push her out of the shop. I'm Charlie going, and Melody trying to sort of stop that from happening is just a oh, piss and just <laughs> screams at the shop. <laughs> I think I sort of hurry over. Uh, I uh, better start the ritual then. I think, you know, uh, so I whip out uh, a whole brace of sharpies and start furiously <laughs> um, defacing the historic market cobbles. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, everyone. This is a publicity stunt for my new book. Um, and <laughs> sprinkling teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I've come out of the shop and I've clambered up onto uh, a car on the opposite side of the of Market Street um, and I don't have a megaphone and actually I don't even start shouting so everyone, no one's looking at me so I just kind of stable myself on this car and start talking to Kit Kit appears standing halfway between you and the shop front Kincaid uh, as you burst into the shop you see Charlie marching with a purpose towards the back of the shop. There are just shelves of tat everywhere. There's a counter at the far end and a door has opened behind the counter. You can't see anything through the door, just black. And Charlie is marching towards it. Basically, try and catch up to him and grab him. Uh, roll plus tough. This is protect someone. Uh, that is not good. That is five. <laughs> Mark experience. <laughs> He elbows you in the nose in his hurry to get into the shop. Uh, zero harm, but you're momentarily dazed. And it gives him enough time to walk forward past the uncannily still person standing at the till behind the counter, repeating, Would you like to speak to the manager? And gesturing at the door. And he walks through the door and it shuts behind him. Ed just has a well I tried mentality and in response to the uh, would you like to speak to the manager is just no I fucking wouldn't and he just hits <laughs> the presumably false person and just goes back out the shop so as you try and run out of the shop uh, you're, you find your feet sticking to the floor so roll your favourite move act under pressure oh yeah uh, and let me know if you're bottling anything up in this moment. I don't need to bottle anything up because I've rolled a nine and I've got plus three, so that's 12. Amazing. Mm. Nice. So you managed to get out of the shop without any issues. So tell us what this looks like. How do you get yourself unstuck 
and get back out of danger again. Like as the resistance increases, I grab onto the doorway and sort of yank myself free uh, and the sort of stringy, sticky bit still attached to my foot, which, you know, as is my want, I just shoot like it's a tentacle and <laughs> throw myself out of shop into the into the street. Mildred breaks out of uh, Melody's uh, tackle and just starts to flee at the sound of gunshots. Terrific. <laughs> Cal, obviously you've got to draw a bigger circle for this bigger premises, so you're still in the in the process of getting this uh, ritual done. Cal and Jess are sort of trying to do the same thing in different ways, but Jess gets to do it at the speed of thought, whereas Cal has to draw a load of stuff in Sharpie. I think Ed's in the sort of, well, so much for doing anything discreetly, uh, and is uh, he's heading to the boot. Okay. <laughs> Parked nearby, near Melodies, is the Morris Minor. So, Jess, Kit is standing in the middle of the high street between you on your car, or on a the car that you're standing on, not your car, <laughs> and the shop front. Mm-hmm and reaches out one hand towards the shop front and one hand towards you. All right, so Jess is kind of reaching towards Kit, and Kit is reaching towards the shop. She closes her eyes, and she focuses in, kind of channeling through Kit and into this weird manifestation that is the shop. And she's searching for an inn, for a way to get this creature to hear her for her to speak to it directly and kit is sort of acting as interpreter in between the two of you Mm. so they're standing in the middle of the street going it wants yeah we were right it wants uh it's ready it's ready to move it wants somewhere bigger is there somewhere that you can imagine that's like this like this empty shop but but bigger that it could that it could go to and grow more. Okay, I think there's an empty shop, sort of perpendicular down the road. It was a vape store. It was a massive one. Local people had set it up, thinking this was going to be the next great craze, and they bought a really big plot of land. Was it all really spaced out and white inside? Yeah, like yeah, proper like you know metal surfaces and a, a plinth for each vape pen and everything. But Sheridan is not that town. People like smoking pipes still. Um, and they've cleared out. And it's boarded up. Kit. That one there. That one's... It's like twice the size of this place. It's twice the size of this place. Um, yeah, I can see it in your mind, mate. It's perfect. Are they going to play? Will they tell us stuff? Will they give us info? I'm... I'm tuning in with it now. Roll plus weird. Well, let's find out. I think what we'll do is it's a roll plus weird, but we'll use the outcomes from manipulate someone because you're offering it something in exchange for doing something. Okay. That's 10. 10. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it'll do it for the reason that you gave it. Kit's outline goes fuzzy and glitchy like Kit is suddenly like an electronic hologram rather than a spirit projection Mm. as all of this digital data flows through Kit and into you and you suddenly know things cool 
and it's going to take a little while to probably unspool and unpack in your mind, but you've effectively just got a data dump into your brain of a load of the stuff that this thing has eaten over the weeks it's been here. And Calisterius and uh, Melody and Kincaid, who are all closer to the shop front, you see the back of the shop and the counter where Charlie went through the door suddenly rush towards the windows. The shelves and the souvenirs and the tchotchkes roll up and the front windows and door of the shop shatter, blow outwards. And exactly as happened with the food truck, the shop turns inside out and now landing, not disorientated like the food truck one was, but uh, standing very firm, a story-high hermit crab-like creature with shiny black sharp legs with bunched wires where the muscles ought to be and its shell covered in tiny phone boxes and chalk figure miniatures and big bends and union jack mugs and plates with the queen on them and all sorts of rubbish like that oh and charlie barlow comes out with it all and lands and rolls and he's sort of in the middle of the road between all of its eight pointed long jointed crustacean legs and he looks pretty injured like he's bloodied his clothes are in tatters but you can see that he is moving and groaning and trying to push himself upright in the middle of the road the creature scuttles scuttles it sort of turning in circles in place it doesn't seem to have any visible eyes but Jess you get the impression that it's taking a good long stare at you and then it swivels in place and takes off down the main street towards that vape shop that you imagined I'm not sure that's going to fit in the dungeon, guys. from Merely Role Players. It stars Ellen Gould as Jess Butterworth, Chris McLennan as Ed Kincaid, Helen Stratton as Melody, and Chris Buxy as Calisteria Softbinding. Sound design for this production is by Natalie Winter, and the theme music is by Alexander Pankhurst. I'm Matt Boothman, and I play the supporting cast, as well as editing and producing the episode. We were playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Roleplayers is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on.
there's a special kind of library card that means that if you try and enter the library, you drop immediately into the dungeon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the red yeah. library card. A yeah. one-way library card. <laughs> of course, actually, that, I mean, that does make a lot more sense, doesn't it? Maybe that's where the... Protect- guest pass. Yeah. <laughs> Hotel California um, library card. Yeah. 